0: I'm sitting in the rocks, beautiful rocks, right outside the Argyle with Dan Barrett. He's from Media Week and Televised Revolution. Dan, thanks very much for joining me. Good afternoon, sir. We're here to talk about the year in TV. You are the most gifted television analyst I've ever come across. You do it both on a hobbyist and a
1: professional level. Are you excited about the year we've just had? Sorry, when you say gifted, is this the sort of idea where I'm riding a very specific bus to school each morning? Is that what you mean by gifted, or...? No, I
0: just mean that you have an incredible skill in in, uh, commenting and in talking about TV. In fact, Dan, tell us about your achievement in TV podcasting this year. Oh, uh, which achievement? I've Didn't done so do much. the
1: most TV podcast ever? Oh, sorry. Well, yeah, okay. So I've, I've done so much in one year, Patrick. Well, How about can the I? Year in
0: review, so... How can I? Okay. Get your plug in early. If
1: I'm going to do some plugs, I run a website called Televised Revolution. Been doing it close for about a decade, maybe a little bit longer now, because I'm a sad internet person. Been doing this for a while. Been running a podcast for most of it, and this year, 2015, we did officially become the longest-running Australian podcast dealing with TV and TV cultures.
0: That's fantastic, Dan, and that might, that bit might actually make the cut of my podcast as well. Oh, wow. So let's start <laughs> by doing our top 15 shows of 2015. I'm going to say a number, you'll say your show, then I'll say my show, we'll go down to number one, and then we'll talk about the results. Dan, you can kick us off. What was your number 15 show of 2015?
1: Okay, 15. And look, I'm putting this in an order, but I don't quite believe the order. it's well, just shows that I like. Also, Patrick, can I ask a metric here? Like, oh, When you're going through your list of what you think are like the shows of 2015, 15. Are you basing this purely on a qualitative level, or are you also doing it with a certain amount of what you believe your taste to be?
0: Oh, no, it was it was purely based on enjoyment derived from watching.
1: Okay, now I buy into that as a metric more so than most lists. Yeah. Because people are listing all these things, it's like, oh, the Americans is the best show of the year. And it's like, look, the Americans is very good. I understand it from a qualitative Just perspective. Interesting
0: to note, listeners, the Americans was the first show we've actually mentioned after two minutes of this podcast, okay, well, and it's we'll, not even at number 15. Okay,
1: we'll get into it quickly. <laughs> but people will list that, but like, I watch it and I can appreciate it but I don't enjoy it that much.
0: I okay. started watching The Americans. I watched the first five episodes and thought it was so boring that yeah. I just stopped. Well, it's fine. So you can't hit your straps in the fifth season or the third <laughs> season. You just, you'll lose me.
1: Right, no, and that's the thing. 2015 is the year where I don't think that's an excuse anymore. There is so much good TV and our list is going to prove the quality of this year. Well, this is very interesting. I'm interested to see what we get So here. much good TV that if you lose me in the first episode, look, I'll give you a second episode, but that's being very generous. These days, you need to impress in that first one, or at least, in the very least, give the impression that there is something worthwhile sticking oh, around Oh, I think form.
0: you'd at least need a celebrity yeah. cameo from a former Arrested Development star in your first episode, or Look, else you're still going to struggle.
1: I, I can deal without that. I'm a sophisticated nah. man of sophisticated taste. But give me some sort of sense of promise. That's all I'm after, Patrick. No, Daniel, number, number 15. 15. Let's I'm worried it. that people are turning okay. off. No, no, that'll be cool. Okay, <laughs> casual. Okay, it is a show that is. is? uh, This is it. It's a show that airs on Hulu. It was co-created by Jason Reitman. If not created by, I'm not quite sure where the line is, but he's definitely directed the first episode and then headed off to do other Hollywood Uh, things. Jason
0: Reitman from Juno fame, this is yes.
1: So basically, what the show is, it is Michaela Watkins, who people may know from TV shows and movies and things. She's around Patrick. She's a person. I promise. No. Okay. It's her. It's a guy that was in season one of the Mindy Project. Uh, If you remember, her boyfriend, who was the lawyer for the football team Okay, that's a few years ago. You, Again, Linda,
0: okay. I watched the first episode of that on a plane. and you, I you thought know, you were I, a Mindy viewer. I, I didn't know viewer. whether I wanted the yeah. episode to end or the plane to crash. It
1: was so bad. I can appreciate that. Um, I like 29 it, more shows to go. This okay, is... here we okay, let's go. Okay, But Casual, basically, it's about the two of them, my brother and sister, they're living in Los Angeles. She's a therapist. Here's a guy that's launched a Tinder-like website. And so he's manipulated the algorithms in it to be able to find women of whom we'll just sort of sleep with him. Like, he's out there... Yeah. T- work his way through Los Angeles, but both of them have serious trauma from being, you know, kids being raised by parents who were not very good parents, and it's about the two of them coming to terms with where they're at at the stage in their lives, yeah. late 30s. It sounds a
0: bit like You're the Worst, which kind of. isn't in my top 15, but it might be in Dan's. No, we haven't it's, actually it's shared. Not. It's no.
1: Not. Okay, but uh, it's probably not the funniest of shows, but there's some great laugh out loud moments. It's basically a great hipster well, comedy. comedy
0: these days is not based about laughing, it's about... The best comedy is
1: not about humour. Yeah. <laughs> yes,
0: uh, I, I didn't realise that yeah. Alright, my number 15... Okay, what do you got? ...is Difficult People. Yes. Uh, Amazon original show with uh, Billy
1: Eichner. Let me correct you here. Not an Amazon show at all. Hulu. Oh my God. Oh, sorry, but isn't Hulu part of Amazon? Nah. Oh my God, I'm so confused. I'd say common mistake, but that's not true. You're the only person to ever make that mistake. Alright, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to edit that part out as well, <laughs> listeners. Number, you're number 14. Why can't you keep it for truth? But Difficult People still a show, just because it's the wrong network. Why do you like her? Quick
0: I, I thought it was really, really funny. I thought it, it had its a unique purpose. It, it, I thought it actually was funny. Uh, I thought the chemistry between Julia Kausner I think the yes. name is and Billy Eichner was fantastic I liked that it had an openly gay male lead played by a gay male actor I liked all those things about it
1: yep in the first 30 seconds of that show they yell at a small child
0: yes and those kids' names were Maverick and Memphis so I thought that <laughs> was very funny and they try yep. and pitch an idea for library water <laughs> yeah, yeah. alright number 14 ok Brooklyn Nine-Nine most people know the show I don't need to explain like uh, my number 14 was the second season of True Detective oh really? I'm, yeah I'm a truther I believe that the second season was better than the first. Oh God! Your number thirteen, uh, Colbert. In My number both forms. Colbert in both forms. Yeah, I, th- I Look, was a bit disappointed the- by the. I love the end of late of of um the Colbert, Colbert Report. How quickly you forget! I, I know. I love the the finale of that, uh, but I didn't really take to Late Show. No.
1: The finale of Colbert Report transcended. No, if well, people yeah. haven't seen that finale, jump on YouTube. I'm sure it's yeah. there.
0: Uh, and my number 13 was Red Oaks. Yeah. Uh, uh, many people know I'm a huge retro cool fan. So 1980s, 1985, set in a country club in New Jersey. It's a Bill Doug's Roman. The boy from Submarine comes of age. Yep. Yeah. Uh, everything about it's, it was it's great.
1: The Graduate meets Caddyshack. Oh, yeah.
0: It just had so much to, to yeah. like. It was so much charm. Your yeah. number 12? That's on my list as well. Okay. Uh, number 12, Broad City. Oh, okay. My number 12. We'll come back to what Dan said yep. there. My number twelve is the Jinx. Okay. Uh, I just want a quick word about the Jinx. Uh, incredible documentary about uh, a guy who has three times a person very close to him has died, and three times he has essentially gotten away with gotten away with murder. To put, it, to, he has a bad habit of people close to him falling. Ill, Ill befalling them.
1: That is the show that has the credibility, and more importantly, the resolution that Serial never had.
0: Yeah, it, I, it's a it's an incredible show, yeah. and uh, it, it's courtroom drama. It's. Uh, murder mystery it's also part of the New York upper set and if you're interested in the American Northeast social scene that's perfect for you and I am alright I'm going to go next because I'm going to do my number 11 my number 11 was Broad City okay what do you love about it oh I love that they've flipped the whole genre of um, dating in New York and they've made it about girls out there having fun having sex for fun they've flipped every stereotype on its head I think there's stupid people who say women can't be funny these two girls are the two funniest people I've ever seen Every single stupid antic they could possibly get up to, they get up to. It's so effortlessly diverse. Divi- it's got so much effortless diversity with uh, African American dentists, with a gay Cuban immigrant. Everything. I just love everything that they're putting on the screen.
1: Yeah, nothing feels forced either. Yeah, it, yeah. And it, every episode's 20 minutes, and you actually do laugh at it. Yeah alright no, it is laugh out loud funny from beginning to end beginning? Oh, I agree yeah. you number, uh, number 11 number uh, 11 last week tonight with John Oliver alright back it up yeah. with your number 10 no, number 10 uh, this is a weird one uh, The Checkout ABC oh. show where they do consumer affairs yeah every time it's, it's a standard consumer affairs show but every story they do is amped up with huge production quality and great research like the tour, like there is no show which I think goes to the level of effort and detail that this show does and I think gets overlooked way too much
0: Alright, the checkout. Uh, You can check that on ABC IBUS. My number 10 was Inside Amy Schumer. I uh, I actually watched all three seasons for the first time this year. Absolutely loved it. I thought 12 Angry Men, Inside Amy Schumer, and Last Fuckable Day are two of the greatest sketches that have ever been produced.
1: Look, I'm going to just going to say that the last two years, I'd have Inside Amy Schumer on my list. This year, not so much. Third season, not as good as the first three seasons. Oh. It feels rushed in some regards. And as good as the 12 Angry Men parody okay, was, and the fact they had the balls to go out there and do a half hour sketch just doing that perfectly fine except the season beforehand she did almost the exact same sketch she did but the, in a focus group yeah she did the focus and and it was just as pointed and just as clever in a four minute concise sketch that half but hour that it didn't have
0: Pete Campbell from uh, no, it that it. but
1: take away that casting and that earlier sketch so much well, better so much more clever your number nine uh, my number nine is Australian series called Danger 5 uh, it is a show do you know this no I don't no. okay check this out this is something you're going to be interested in Uh, If you're interested in niche comic... Oh, sorry. Uh, Okay. Premise of this, set in the 40s. It is a crack team of five agents uh, from the US, as well as a few foreign uh, inclusionaries in there. They are tasked with killing Adolf Hitler. And Adolf Hitler is a man of whom is investing money in giant science. So there's huge robots, there's dinosaurs, there's engineering and coming back from, you know, the past. What channel was this on? SBS. Made in Australia. It was shot in South Australia. Okay, it's basically these guys of whom had like a sm- small little warehouse production it is completely crazy it is a balls to the world production 2012 this show first aired Okay, they brought it back this year for another run in this one they set it in the 1980s and every single film you love from the 80s through like, time travel and ninjas and all sorts of crazy stuff they go through chasing Hitler through time and space Okay, and explore it all in like this 8 episode run wow. it is amazing Patrick Okay, purely for ambition alone second season not as great as the first season, I will admit, but the level of ambition and scope in this, there is nothing else like this being produced, not only in Australia, <laughs> but the world. Jeez, that, I can't... Your passion for your remaining eight is going to be over the top down if that's number nine. I should say, I've not slept very much for the last couple of days. No. And this is the third podcast I've done today. Yeah. Th- and I just walked through the sun, so I don't even know what I'm saying anymore, no,
0: Patrick. Very my number nine was actually my number one of last year, so it's dropped for eight spots, and that's BoJack Horseman. Yep. Still loved it, but I don't think that show, Ben, Benefits from binge-watching, the way Netflix drops it all at once. I think it's a show that you need to watch a week apart and really savour the episode and the nuance that is put into and the care and the craft that is put into every episode. And... As much as I absolutely adored the Hank Hippopotamus' Hip Hop Hypothesis (laughs) episode, which had so much Bill Cosby in it and was very brave because it was right at the heart of it, I feel as though it sort of missed a few marks. And it was my number one last year and I still loved it, but I couldn't push it higher than nine this year.
1: Okay, respectfully, I disagree. It's on my list as well. But I think this benefits highly from the Netflix, and we use the word bingeability, but I don't believe in that. Because people don't sit there and watch ten episodes of a show. They watch three episodes of a show or four and then regret watching the fourth one then they will like watch that one oh, again if you're me kind of you watch attention. 13
0: episodes in six and a half hours yeah but you're
1: a bit weird alright okay but BoJack Horseman <laughs> benefits because there are so many callbacks but also narrative structural aspects whereby the joke only makes sense three episodes later oh, yeah. or the emotional beat makes sense that much later that you need to have seen the, that episode in a recent time period to have done it so it works well if oh, you look, watch I mean, two or three episodes a day I'm being a bit day. critical
0: it was still my ninth favourite show of a lot
1: of shows so come on Patrick don't recant now you're number eight <laughs> um my number eight I've got Unreal uh, is this on your list? no it should be okay behind the scenes of a The Bachelor type program okay it oh, is I've basically, seen ads for this yeah. you think it's going to be awful it's made for a channel in the US that specialised in women's TV movies mm-hmm. okay this should not be any good but it's amazingly good it is dark it is just real
0: I have a feeling that the, the lead actress
1: in it is someone moderately well known she's been in something before yeah no completely uh, so it's con- well you've got Constance Zimmer who's the older actress oh yeah Constance. Uh, she's in things like on people know this woman by face probably Mm -hmm. not by name yet and then another actress named Shari Appleby and she's still kind of newish I think she might have been on Gossip Girl for a while or something it's something it was nothing really that impressive but in this show it is so dark and it is about the ethics of people who run a reality show like that and where they will push their contestants to a place where not reflective of reality it may destroy their lives but man it makes for great TV and so does the show (laughs) my number 8 was Veep Uh,
0: I think Veep really came of age in, in it's most recent Recent season. I thought it was it was one of those comedies that wasn't funny, and then this year it became absolutely hilarious. Uh, the episode where Julie Louis Dreyfus, as Selena Meyer, the vice president, reads out the auto cue that hasn't been loaded properly, is one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen on TV.
1: Look, final episode of that, they're doing a Senate Congress sort of hearing, and the entire episode is just then behind a microphone, telling lies, recanting statements that made 30 seconds previously. It is audacious, it's brilliant. One of the
0: greatest um, Hugh Laurie's sort of you know guesting on that some of the greatest guest work I've seen in a long time. Your number six, Dan. sorry, your number seven, then.
1: No, I'm not sure where I'm in the list, but I've got here Bojack Horseman.
0: Uh, Bojack Horseman seven. Going up my list, I got Red Oaks. So, so we've already covered that. You've got so what?
1: What number are you up to? Ah, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. I think.
0: All right. So my number seven was Game of Thrones. Yep. And my number six was Master of None. M- a quick. Yeah. quick word just about Game of Thrones fifth season was the season that won, finally won the Emmy for best show I don't think it's the fifth season was it's best season but I do still think it's the most fun TV there is and it's the show where on a very crowded TV schedule Monday in Australia Sunday in America yes, when sir. I get home from work or when I get home from whatever I'm doing on a Monday that's the show I want to watch first out of a lot of things that have backed up during the day and so I think that it's the show I most look forward to watching and I love the image and the scope and the scale. I'm a book reader so it's not about spoilers to me. It's just about enjoying and being transported to
1: a faraway land. lie die You can read books. Go on. Alright. And uh, my number six was Master of None. What was your number six? Uh, look, I've got Master of None in my list. In fact, like, let's just say it's at the same position.
0: Alright. For, for the yeah. sake of this uh, discussion, I think Master of None has so much going for it to the point where you almost forget uh, Eric Wareheim's incredible... I think that's his surname uh, from Tim and Eric's Bedtime Stories. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he's... For Phenomenal, um, you know bit part that he plays and just steals every scene as is Ansari he's he established himself as the leading figure now in, in American comedy this year.
1: That's it. That first season has three transcendent episodes. One, the first one where they recognise that their parents have histories they've never yeah. appreciated. Oh, Indians on TV. Indians on TV. And also one where it looks at the gender breakdown between the experience of being a man, roughly of our age, yeah. and of being a woman of the yeah, same age. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen. It opens up with a great scene which has Aziz Ansari and I forget who's with him. I think it might be Eric. Yeah. Okay, they're walking through the streets of New York. They're talking about Don't Worry, Be Happy. That's talking about all that. That songs playing in the background I think yeah okay they're having a, they've had a few drinks they're a bit tipsy the worst thing that happens to them on their walk home is as his steps in something and messes up his sneaky his sneakies okay however they like cross that with a woman walking home from that same bar also had a few drinks she's by herself it's dark it's ominous she's possibly going to get raped at least that's the concern in her mind she's got her phone out she's about to call 911 and has her finger just on the button just in case something happens and that is a regular occurrence for her okay and looking at the experience of women against men in that scenario it, I think it just it highlights the like the, when you when, about you're, that. Um,
0: when you do creative writing studies I did at uni you keep getting told you know show don't tell yeah. and that scene was if you want if they if is Ansari and his co-writers they sat down to sort of to do something about the you know the gender politics of microaggressions and that sort of stuff yes sir that that showing instead of telling was fantastic staging I thought what was the third episode you were thinking um, Mornings the
1: one where they sent- oh no that was the three so Indians on TV oh um- the parents and then the gender yeah, I yeah. also love the episode where they go to
0: Memphis and they buy the sauce well
1: I, th- I think that's a really cool episode because who shoots in Memphis in that way outside of Nashville yeah okay but it's beyond it's just an that-
0: overlooked city you know and
1: the thing with Nashville is that they're always just like in clubs and in like rooms somewhere you never really see the city yeah. Master of None showed that your number five show uh I'll say Mr. Robot my number five is Survivor Cambodia quick word about Mr. Robot uh Mr. Robot it is edgy it's bold it's basically Fight Club meets Fight Club um it's, with Christian Slater. Yeah, and it's got Christian Slater in it. It is. It looks unlike anything else on TV. It is taking the idea of anti-consumerist sort of concept. It is dealing with um, aspects of the world that's so prescient at the moment. This is cyber security. This is uh, hacker groups like Anonymous breaking out there. It is about society meets technology meets Fight Club. It is glorious television. I
0: thought Survivor Cambodia, it was back to the best of Survivor. Everything we love. Uh, great idol play. The, the new twist of hiding the idol at the challenges so that you had to um, find them in plain sight I thought it was a brilliant move I love how it was challenges that the contestants had done before and they had a second chance at I love the idea of voting blocks instead of alliances Uh, the casting I thought was absolutely on point everything I loved about it even towards the end and I won't spoil it in case you haven't watched it but I thought even at the end it was a very worthy winner and uh, check it out a lot of people have given up on Survivor if you're one of those people that stopped after Fiji or after um, Marquesas or even after the second or third episode episode go back and just watch Survivor Cambodia I think you'll love it
1: yeah now I've I'm kind of happy in and out of Survivor but just on a side point you made there uh, regarding idle play I think there's a number of really good adult movies that feature on the same topic yeah thanks very much for that Dan mm. and your number four show of 2015 mm. I've got to work blue where I can uh, Togetherness uh, Together- HBO show. oh my god I hated that show look fair enough and I understand why people may basically it is exactly the sort of show that people should hate it's about white people middle aged they're in middle class oh, america just white people doing white things they're doing some very white things it's about them stating, uh, going through phases of NW you know it is it's the sort of show that inspires people to use the word NW okay but this show does it so well and by the end of the season there is like legitimate stakes built for something which you should have no investment in whatsoever it is fun interesting TV not compelling TV but it's interesting enough
0: for, for those wondering Togetherness uh, is sort of the brainchild of the Duplass brothers yes Mark Duplass has and, favorited a tweet of mine
1: oh nice work yeah. and your number three show? Uh, Number three show, um, I'm working against my list here, I don't even know where I'm at. I had Master of None in there. Uh, The Leftovers, uh, HBO drama series, first season, I understand why people hated the show, Uh, it dealt really with, people don't know the show, 2% of the population have disappeared, and if you think about what happens when 2% of the population disappears... Uh, Basically, you've got family members who might have disappeared, but maybe you don't know anyone. Maybe it's just that lady at work, her husband disappeared. You don't know because it's such a small number of people, comparatively. But it still affects society, and so society generally is in states of depression depression, they're mourning, they have trouble dealing with exactly what life means society has been messed up. The first season deals with the depression and fallout of that and I think that it is maybe a chore to watch because you're dealing with some very weighty emotional issues and that's not really a fun experience Second season takes the characters completely away from that and puts them into a town where nobody disappeared. So you've got a town which is basically survivor's remorse okay? and they're capitalising on what happened with tourism but at the same time there's a seedy underbelly to that town that no one wants to quite deal with. It's fun, it's adventurous, and it's made its way to a list of every critic's top ten list with very good reason.
0: No, not every critic's top ten list. Okay, no, my critics, n- not you. My number three <laughs> show uh, was South Park season 19. Yes, sir. Uh, the new idea behind South Park of having a, a coherent theme that runs through every episode, they started that with uh, last year with Lord being, being Randy Marsh. And I thought it was a bit hit and miss last year, but I thought this year they absolutely pulled it off. I, every single joke, every single... Uh, Uh, conceit that they put on the whole the, the way they tackled the world of political correctness, microaggressions checking privilege, uh, the gentrification of downtown neighbourhoods uh, the the creation of Sodo Kochopa, the the uh, Whole Foods and what it does to, to people, but most of all every single episode where Caitlyn Jenner would drive up in her car and say buckle up buckaroos and then run over someone I, I laughed <laughs> out loud every time I mean, I, I'm a South Park forever type guy, I mean I watch every single episode that Matt and Trey ever make, I went to America to see the Book of Mormon live. I'm just a huge fan of what they do. South Park was my number one show of 2000. And now it's back as my number three show of
1: 2015. Yeah, no, it's been a great season. Am I your number two show, Dan? Uh, Catastrophe. Do you know the show? No. Uh, British program. It stars Rob Delaney and Sharon Horgan. The two of them, uh, he's obviously an American, she's a British person. He's there on work holiday. They end up having a huge amount of sex, okay, over the couple of weeks of their relationship. They just meet in a bar one night. It is cold in England. Yeah, it's very cold. You know, you got to do what you can to keep warm. Uh, huge amount of sex. Uh, they tend not to use condoms during that time period. So, as a result, he flies back to the US, gets a phone call out of the blue. She's like, hey, I'm pregnant. He's a man who grew up without a father in his life. He doesn't quite want to do the same thing to his son. So he flies back to London with the idea of saying, hey, look, how about we form a relationship, see how this works. And it works out that they actually do get along quite well, sort of when they're not just in bed together. And the thing with the show is, it is a very human, very honest, very earthy comedy, huge laugh out loud moments, huge emotional honesty. It is... Outstanding! There are very few shows that hit the levels that this show does. Check it out, Patrick. You will really like the show.
0: That was catastrophe. Now, my number two show was the second season of Fargo. Yes. Uh, 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 people who have read my years in review in years past will know that I absolutely despise the Coen Brothers. I think they're the most overrated swill merchants that have ever come, been involved in the entertainment industry. What is wrong
1: with you? What is the damage?
0: And yet, Here is Fargo, a TV show based on their 96 film. The first season I thought was very good, the second season I thought was absolutely amazing television the, the colour palette that's used to depict the Midwest in the 1960s and 70s, the browns and the, the light greens uh, it's absolutely mesmerising to look at, Patrick Wilson's performance is incredible, even Ted Danson is good Kirsten Dunst uh, puts in a show stopping performance and uh, Nick Offenen, who must have done all his scenes in just one day because he's just he just glimpsed him in and out of the show, steals every scene he's in, uh, it, it tells the story of Kansas City hoods who come to love Minnesota, in order to try and kill a small, ye oldie, timey organized crime syndicate and the bloodshed that follows, and well make yourself a cup of coffee, get some cookies and sit down and, and binge watch it because Fargo season 2 is simply the, the second best TV you can watch all 2015.
1: Yeah, It's only not on my list just because I haven't seen all the episodes yet but it has been very good what I've seen. Yeah. Uh, also, it has UFOs.
0: Well, I have to be honest, I haven't actually seen the last, we're actually recording this the day after episode 10 dropped and I haven't had the chance to watch it because I just got back from a road trip so I don't know how that resolves but yes, and this isn't a huge spoiler because it's in the first episode, there are UFOs.
1: All right, Dan. Lay it on me. Your number one show of two thousand and fifteen. Look, there. Anyone who knows me, there is no doubt that this is number one for me. Madman. Yeah. Is it
0: on your list at all? Yeah, my, Mad Men was on my list number four. Okay. I don't think I said that, but Mad Men was my four. Yeah. Mad Men was Dan's number one. Dan, what did you love about Mad Men?
1: Okay, look, Mad Men, here's the thing. At the end of that episode, I was caught up. I could think of nothing else for days afterwards. This I, is the finale, by the way. Finale this is. episode, final episode after, what, seven glorious seasons of this show. I reached the end of that episode, and I literally felt an absence in my life. I reached the point where I was watching TV for weeks afterwards and couldn't find anything I was enjoying, just because Mad Men had ruined me for all TV. So I think that a show that can achieve that deserves its place as my number one. Okay, but the reason why I really enjoy it is we have seen a show which has snaked its way through seven seasons of outstanding TV. Episode after episode, it is just like a great experience of TV. But you reach the very end of the seven seasons, a show which has taken so many diversions along the way and you realise that every single one of those diversions has been there for an emotional truth, an honesty, and a narrative purpose which actually took him to the decisions that he makes in that final episode of which are fairly cryptic but the only way that you get a true appreciation of that final episode is to have been on that ride from the beginning not being a casual fan and actually invest yourself in a tv program it demanded a lot from the viewer it demanded a lot from the writing team from the production it is one of television's great accomplishments and it is number one for me
0: yeah i i agree with Pretty much everything you've said. Uh, I absolutely love Mad Men. Uh, it's been my number one show in years past. Uh, for, for me, just seeing the subtlety of interactions in the show, there's an episode where Don goes back to the family home where the kids... Uh, 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 Sally and uh, Bobby, Bobby uh, are together, and Sally making Bobby dinner because uh, January Jones's character is dying of cancer. God, how quickly I forget the character name. Betty Draper. Betty Draper has cancer, and just the scene of Sally making Bobby uh, the toast for the French toast for dinner, I thought was such an emotionally driven moment. Uh, I loved the whole arc. Regarding uh, the move to the new offices and how that affected Elizabeth Moss's character, help me out, Dan. Uh, Be talking about Peggy, Peggy Olson, and I- I've always maintained that Peggy Olson is actually the star of of Mad Men. She's the central character, so I, I love that her talent was realised in the end. And uh, I-, I still maintain that she is actually the one who creates the Coke commercial, not Don. Yeah, see, I don't buy into that. I think I'm an island in this view. Yeah, I'll fight you after. All right, and speaking of an island in this view, my number one show of 2015 was The League. Uh,
1: Really? Yeah. Even with the fact that it's been really subpar for the last two years?
0: I agree that seasons five and six were a a slight dip from an overall very high standard of quality, but I think they put it all, like a Super Bowl halftime show, they put everything they had into the seventh season of The League. Uh, An improvised style comedy based around uh, fantasy football, fantasy NFL team uh, league in based in Chicago uh, with the, this show made absolute superstars out of Mark Duplass uh, Andre uh, not Andre uh, Paul Shear uh, Nick Kroll Kate Asselton and the guy who plays Rafi, Jason Manzukas, it right made that. And Steve Razanazzi, the guy who lied about being at 9/11, it made <laughs> household names out of these guys. It, it was gritty. It was hilarious. It wasn't. It was the bluest, lewdest, most ribald show that I think I've ever seen on TV. Not one sex position, bodily function, uh, secretion. Uh, nothing was missed. No, absolutely no there was no debauchery that they were not prepared to, to tackle if it always was through the vector of Rafi doing something ridiculous and this year I think they just absolutely packed, packed it all in I just laughed my way through every episode and I'm happy to say it's the best show on TV
1: and it won't be number one next year because it's now finished yeah uh, keeping in mind like, my, I had a massive love for the league I've got a dog named Rodney Ruxon okay like, I am Nick Kroll's character yeah so I'm invested in a show but I will say that the quality of the first couple of episodes back just diminished my interest in the show I've barely watched any of the season I'll get to it but it's just not a priority yeah sometimes with these
0: shows, they can become very comfortable. Like, I was watching How I Met Your Mother all the way through to the end, and I didn't laugh for three seasons, but I just watched it because they were people that I knew that I spent 20 minutes with a week, 22 weeks a year. With The League, perhaps it had become that way through five and six, but through season seven I was laughing my whole way through. Uh, I think Taco, played by John LaJoy, is one of the greatest comedic creations ever, and what he brought to that character with his Eskimo brother database and EBDB Prime The way they mocked popular culture through the prism of two guys that have had sex with the same women, I mean, no no one else can come up with that sort of shtick. Completely. Notarized. Notarized. And, alright, Dan, what was your favourite music of
1: 2015? Okay, now, after I've gone through lengthy notes about all of my TV, I will say I appreciate music, I am a regular consumer of music, but I'm not passionate about music. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I used to be, but I kind of feel that I became old, and I've only been listening to the same albums I used to listen to back when I was, like, a hip young thing in the, you know, mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, I think that my list will reflect some of my listening from this, you know... Uh, from this viewpoint,
0: Dan, I'm terrified about our listeners switching off. What are, What are okay. your favourite albums of? 2015? I just need to
1: establish where I'm coming from. Okay, so albums that I've loved this year. Um, Custard came back with their new album. Yeah. Okay. Again, show from my uh, album from my youth. I had to get back on board. Really fun album. I don't think it's the best album I've heard this year, but it's the one I probably enjoyed the most. Um, Standout track uh, is the one about Queensland University, and they name check Ricky Lee in there, and she's not an authority, and that's important life lessons for all of us to take on. Board. Alright. Okay, the best custard album this year came from Dan Kelly with his album called Leisure Panic.
0: That is such an obscure joke. It really is, but...
1: None of my listeners are going to get that. I don't care. This is about me. Okay, Leisure Panic. There is a track in there called Gold Coast Man which samples 1980s Gold Coast TV jingles. Okay? That hits all of my pleasure points right there. And your third album? Courtney Barnett. Sometimes I said them, I think. I think it's on most people's lists. And your number four? Number four, Leon Bridges with his album Coming Home. This is a 2015 album by Sam Cooke, pretty much
0: and I love that Dan thank you so much for joining me to talk about TV in 2015 Uh, I think your passion really shone through I'm going to put Dan's list up on the website so you can uh, go back and check out his top 15 shows of, uh, of 2015 I'll have my top 15 up there as well Dan could you please introduce the next song in the countdown
1: the next song in the countdown is Pedestrian at Best by Courtney Barnett
0: thank you Dan thank you sir